My name is Ayana Aduse, and I'm the founder and executive director of ASEP Incorporated, its African Child Cultural Exchange Program. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, you guys are going to get some U.S. and some African game. I have Ayana. She's going to give us the game on her organization and what she's doing for the culture, for the children, for, you know, just humanity. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm blessed by the best, and I'm thankful that uh, Kai out there in London connected us, whatnot, and um, that you were so kind to give the, the interview and some time after, you know, long trips of travel. Um, you make it look great, but tell us about your organization. What do you do? How can folks get out of Babylon and get into your bag and travel with you? Okay, so, well, my organization, well, one of my organizations is a nonprofit. It's called uh, African Child Cultural Exchange Program, where we sponsor high school students from underserved communities for study abroad, international um, study abroad opportunities. So I'm currently raising funds for students from Washington, D.C. to travel to Ghana next summer Um, to have a culture exchange with um, students here and high school students here in Ghana. So um, we just got started. Um, I'm really excited. Um, This is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And um, I think it's very necessary that our youth here in Ghana or in Africa on the continent interact with um, other students in the diaspora. So I think it's important that um, this exchange is happening. This is awesome. I know why we were connected now for sure. It's not just the Africa piece, but it's the uh, me always running my mouth saying, you know, tours should be done even in high school for really all children, but especially black children, so they can learn more than just slavery, what they were before slavery. The, the, what I have not done is done it with kids. And we're going to get into that because we, we take groups of 30 using yeah. a, a client's platform, but yeah. kids is complicated. Yeah. So so what made you so bold? Because I would assume looking at you, you don't have any kids and you're free to roam the world. <laughs> um, what, what made you say I needed to do this for this age bracket? And how difficult was it? Because you have to have so many chaperones and you know, parents approval and money. So you know, give us the game on how that even came about. Sure. So I am a former, well, I'm always a teacher. I'm an educator, um, but I'm a former um, certified teacher in um, U.S. So I taught high school and I taught elementary school in Philadelphia and in Washington, D.C. Um, it wasn't until I taught elementary school where um, I was um, co-facilitating a lesson with a history teacher. And this unit, it was just about slavery. It was just about you know, um, the new settlers come to the new world and it really, you know, and I, it made me think like, we really don't really study before slavery here in the U.S. So um, back and forth from my trips to Ghana, I would bring artifacts back to the elementary school students and they were so intrigued. They had so many questions. So it kind of clicked for me to, to put this together. I'm like, 
what's the best way for them to learn about Ghana than to come? So um, working with high school students, I thought that they were, they could be a little bit more mature um, with understanding um, this exchange. So I decided, and I've gone on many field trips. I've planned many of activities for high school students. So I figured that this would be the best way for them to gain the, the loss or stolen knowledge for them to come themselves. So um, it has been a roller coaster of a ride. Um, raising money is always fun. Um, I have not, so for this cohort, I have not selected um, my students yet. Um, we're going to select students in September from one of my high schools that I started teaching in Washington, D.C. I haven't revealed to the school yet, but I have spoken to the school leaders and they are really excited um, to get started. So right now we're just in a fundraising stage. Um, we're putting together the two-week program here in Ghana. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, just putting the, together the activities. Uh, we're meeting with the, the school here where the students will um, have the exchange. And yeah, I'm just having board meetings right now. Best ways to <laughs> fundraise and to, um, you know, to best roll out this um, inaugural uh, exchange. Now I'm gonna push, push a little bit because okay. when you say DC, <laughs> and then you talk about our kids. Some of our kids are already rich at when they come out the womb in D.C. They got that RFP government contracting. <laughs> you know, big money is in D.C. Thirty thousand yeah. um, dollar high schools and and middle schools are in D.C. A month, folks. I'm not talking about a year. Step yeah. your game up. So I want to know the fundraising. Not all of us are broke. So. Yeah. With that fundraising, how expensive, or I should say, how inexpensive are these trips? Because that DC money just goes a little bit long and strong. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we're having a lot of support from the fundraising, but unfortunately, the students in which I serve, they don't see a lot of that money ever. So, I am for the underserved communities in Washington DC because there's a lot of there's a lot of that. Even though it's DC, we still have a lot of underserved communities and schools. Um, so um, right now we're just sponsoring five students and two chaperones. So that'll roughly be about $30,000. Um, right now we have raised 5,000 just with the GoFundMe, but we are submitting our proposals for big funders um, in the upcoming weeks. So I know the school that I have, they're really well connected with a lot of like governmental officials. So I'm pretty sure that you know, like you said, there is big money in D.C. that uh, will we'll gain a lot of support, especially um, the charter schools. They have a lot of money and um, there's a lot of organizations that do like to support travel for students in underserved communities. OK, do you, I mean, are, is there any money in the government that you know of where they state they, they sponsor or people can apply and they can take their, you know, voucher and say, I want to go on a travel abroad? Um, yeah. just curious. Yeah, so the government, um, I know there's um, a niche for students with disabilities and also students who are deemed at risk. So the at risk population, if you go through the Department of Education, they do award grants for that population um, for students. So that's an, another um, grant that we are looking into um, getting into. Um, I know um, I have a colleague who also has done the same thing. She has gotten grants through the Department of Education for students with um, disabilities or if they're deemed at-risk students 
for travel, for international travel. So there is money through the Department of Education. Okay. And y'all, I had never looked that up. I'm just throwing out questions. So that's why we have these interviews because people have already done the research. So you can, you know, it can benefit all of us because with unity, we all win. Now, um, you know, and I know prices, inflation, um, there's probably going to be a recession that we find out about in three weeks um, officially. But how much are these trips? Um, so we're budgeting for two weeks. It'll be $5,000 per um, attendee. So again, we're uh, taking five students and two chaperones. So that may be roughly between thirty dollars and $35,000. Um, so it is quite expensive. Um, again, they're staying for two weeks. This uh, pays for their, their flights. Uh, we're doing an intra-flight also when we're in Ghana. So all their flights, all the accommodations, their visas, their... Uh, passports they need yellow fever vaccine so any expense that the student and chaperone will need uh asap will cover it so we're covering everything like i said again even passport and visa fees so um it covers everything we want it to be totally free for all participants okay yellow fever and all the shots that yeah. you, you know you, you may have to get i i man oh yeah and get your shots folks um <laughs> we don't want you over there being like me getting sick because the mosquitoes just love your delicious oh. skin <laughs> or that you like to eat snails on the side of the road and then you get <laughs> e. coli would yeah. not recommend that folks <laughs> but um but okay so no this is this is great stuff and unlike some folks, I, you know, I really like your vibe because you are a very humble, kind vibe. You're not out there talking about I'm the greatest school psychologist in the world. Um, <laughs> run them donations. That's always, it's always nice. Um, what like what's the besides the money? Mm-hmm. getting the parents to buy into Africa. How easy has that been? Because, you know, my grandmother went to Africa and it was like, whoa, she went. But then even now, when some of us started going, you know, 15, 20 years ago, people say Africa and you still get that reaction from a lot of black Americans, you know, in America, cause they don't have a passport. Um, but what has like been the barrier to convince that, that your child won't be sold in human slavery and all that other stuff? Um, I think just given statistics and since I've been here um, for a while, I can show and like share my life. But I think the biggest thing is safety. They think that, you know, we watch a lot of TV and a lot of YouTube. <laughs> so we think that we're going to be kidnapped or I don't beheaded. I'm not sure. Um, but just sharing my experience and um, I guess they trust because I live here that, okay, wow, like you live there. So it's like initial shock, like you live in Africa? Like why? They don't understand really why I would choose to live in Africa. But definitely sharing my stories, sharing my testimonies and also sharing stories and testimonies of other people who have moved here um, has been very helpful with, you know, convincing people um, to come. We also host tours here too. So just showing the work that we do, showing the amount of people that have come, um, it kind of alleviates some of the, this, uh, you know, skepticism that some of the parents have. And I bet people, when you come back to the States and you live in Africa and they say, well, how do you get your braces done? Because <laughs> uh, they have dentists and everything else. We have um, everything here, especially in Ghana. Ghana is very much the city. <laughs> 
is very much thriving. They have all types of, you can get your dental work, you can get your facial work. That's why my, my face is a little shiny here from they do facials, uh, manicures, pedi, whatever you want here in Accra, in Ghana. You know, I've been to other African countries, um, but I can only speak in uh, to Ghana because I live here, but it's just, I can find any amenity that I would in the States here in, in Accra. And y'all, for those of you who are single, you can probably find a mate, a spouse. Uh, ladies, <laughs> bride price is ready for you. And fellas, when you go there, you better have it ready before you start trying to dip into the uh, the, the, the goods. You know, you, you need to be prepared financially. How has it impacted your mental health living in Ghana? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it. I once suffered from anxiety. Um, I call it like the rat race, <laughs> trying to keep up in the rat race. Um, I don't find that here, um, which I can appreciate. I feel like um, I don't have to worry about that day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, going to work competition. It's just different. I, it's, it's, I just, I, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel like, you know, um, like I have to be in that race, <laughs> you know, I just feel free. Um, so it's definitely helped me with, you know, I used to have the Sunday blues. I mean, I still work online um, and I still, you know, do a lot of work here, but it's just different. It's just a different vibe. You know, things are much slower here, which I can appreciate, um, especially, you know, I like to procrastinate sometimes. So when things take a little slower, I'm like, oh, you know, we have time. So I really do appreciate appreciate that, that I, I can have time to pace myself and think before I make decisions. Everything is just not, you know, just going, coming at you fast. So that's definitely helped with my, uh, with my mental, my mental health a lot. Yeah. And, and, and tell the folks, cause I can hear somebody say, well, must be nice, which is always a haters code for, uh oh, here comes the hate. Uh, but you know, you're a teacher who went to Ghana. Um, is this business full time or do you, and you say you work online, like give somebody a quick little roadmap before okay. they cash at you for some real consulting, okay. how, you know, you made it to say, I'm going to move there. You got a beautiful background behind you. Um, your lights are on, you know, the water's on. I don't know if you're in Accra or Prom Prom, but yeah. in Accra, but how did you afford to do it? How do you afford to stay there? Because we've seen some great stories coming out of Africa, but we've also seen those people, you know, who've taken their children and now are homeless or, you know, one person has to keep going back and forth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not living. That's not the Africa I even want to know. Yeah, I, I've heard about those stories. Um, I think the number one thing to do, I think people rush and they romanticize Africa. And the first thing I did was visit and I visited multiple times. Um, my husband is actually Ghanaian. So that has made it so much easier because I have my trusted Ghanaian <laughs> because I feel like a lot of people come and we don't understand the culture we don't know the language um just because we're all black I mean we still have you know still different cultures and um I think you you have to have a plan um I knew I couldn't come to Ghana to find a job um I could have get gotten a teaching job but it couldn't really fulfill my lifestyle um 
because I do like to travel and I like to do other things. Um, my husband and I, we started um, a couple of businesses. Uh, those businesses, again, they are like little seeds right now. So again, we are not like living off of our businesses yet. Again, like I said, um, I tutor online. Um, so I tutor online and I teach online. So that's how I kind of get my income. And my husband, he's in IT. So he has, you know, his IT thing that he does. So while we're fueling our businesses, uh, we still have to work. But it, for me, it's just different because I can just sit here at my, my table and I don't have to commute and I don't miss that at all. So um, I feel like um, if you can find remote work, uh, if you have a thriving business already, then I think they'll be good. But you definitely need an income. You definitely um, don't want to just come with your savings and that's it because your money will go quickly here. <laughs> it goes quickly. We think it's Africa is cheap, but I live in Accra. I live in East Lake Gone and it's really not cheap. <laughs> um, well, for my apartment right now, again, my apartment, we rent an apartment here in Accra. Um, we also live in Kumasi, but we have an apartment here and a cry, and it's about $258 a month. So it's a nice one bedroom in East Lake Long. So it's really not expensive. And we pay up for a year. So um, that's another another way to alleviate my stress too. I don't have to worry about, you know, paying a mortgage or paying a rent every month. So at least, you know, paying throughout for the one year has really kind of helped us not, you know, have to stress or worry about, you know, um, you know, paying those bills. But Again, like I said, you have to have some kind of income, whether you're working remotely or you have a thriving business. You can't just come and just, I'm here and try to work it out. I think that is not really good at all. <laughs> Can you give the folks a ballpark? Because when I tell people, and I have all the guests, I, I don't, they don't need to be all in your business, but a ballpark. Mm -hmm. Because when I tell people the house that I'm in right now, in some places in like South Africa, even, you know, an expensive market for Africa, um, this house might be a thousand dollars a month and, you know, you surely ain't getting anything in America, um, but a, but a box, um, and a 10 one at that for a thousand dollars a month. So what range, cause somebody right now is thinking, okay, I have some savings. Oh, I can pay my place off in a year. Kellen wasn't lying about that, nor were the other hundred, 200 guests he had talking <laughs> like this, but how much, cause then they could pay their bills, come figure it out off their savings while they're, you know, maybe trying to blossom a business. So in which range could an apartment that you just described be in, in that beautiful neighborhood? So in this neighborhood, um, again, my husband is Ghanaian and I want to be honest. I feel like we have the Ghanaian price and then the Abroni or the foreigner price. So if I would have come by myself to get this apartment, it probably would have been tripled the price. We, I probably would not have gotten it for $258 a month. Um, I don't know how much that translates into cities, but they they charge cities here. That's the currency. Um, so I'm thinking you can get something. It's a nice. It's, like I said, it's an East Lake Hall. We have one bedroom, one bathroom. It's a kitchen, a living room. Um, it's a uh, self-contained with other um, apartments here. So I will say between $200 a month and you can go all the way up to $1,000, $1,500 a month because there's some really extravagant Houses here for rent. Um, we just looked at a house. Uh, it was four bedroom, four bathroom. It's like a little mini mansion, and it was about nine hundred dollars a month for rent. So if you can have that for a year up front, 
then um, I say between 250 and 900. It depends on your lifestyle. Like you said, people come with children and kids. You may need more than a one bedroom. Um, and you may need a little, a little bit more, but for us right now, where we are, um, 250 is, is doable. Yeah. Two, 250. That, I mean, what, what a price and, and that's, um, unfurnished. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfurnished. So we had to buy our own refrigerator. If you want AC, you have to buy your own air conditioning unit. Um, yeah, we have to buy like our own wardrobe because they don't really have closets here. So you have to buy your own wardrobe. Um, our own stove top. So it is unfurnished. Now the furnished apartments, especially here in Accra, they're doing a lot of this new development. Um, a lot of furnished apartments are, are renting out. But again, those are more so on the higher, the higher end. I know someone who was paying three, 3,500 for rent in Accra. So you will, you can get the, the U.S. prices here for sure. Um, but if again, if you want to be frugal and you're just starting off, there are affordable places, like I said, as low as $250, $250. And did you guys hear that? That that's the that's the owl from Sway in the morning because she said that's just one of her places. They got a whole uh. other <laughs> And, and, and that, that, that you're going to have to hit her up again. All the game can't be told in one interview. You got to hit up for that consulting, but that's what that was. So, um, we, the, you know, when you, when you, sh when you st shining, shining, it's a good thing. It inspires people to say, Oh, let me try Let me get that. Um, you know, we have, you can build too, you know, people are building. So that's what we're doing in like Kumasi, um, outside of Kumasi, you can build, you don't have to live in a crowd. Like I said, a crowd is like the, you know, the Miami, I guess, of, of Ghana. So, but people are living outside of the city and they are building, which, you know, um, you can build a house for maybe 50,000 to 300,000. Again, it depends on, on your needs and what you like. And talking about, you know, needs, if people are coming over there and they're looking to start a business, everybody can't be in tourism. Everybody can't open up a food truck like um, a former guest that we've had. Ghana has some rules where it would benefit you to be married to our partner, at least with someone who's there and from there. But what does Ghana need right now? Because you hear also people talk about how the Americans and foreigners, Europeans are raising up the price in Accra, you know, like Californians and New Yorkers do when they move down South. But what is needed? Because, you know, it, it's so much that's needed in Africa. Um, and I just want to know, you know, your opinion on that. Um, definitely the infrastructure. Um, as far as, again, we, we do have lights, um, but to keep them on, you need a generator. Um, you do have water, but in order to have running water, you need um, a, a poly tank. So um, I think Ghana needs like innovative people who can see, like have foresight, who can see the future. Um, they need parks and recreations. I know that's like a huge thing that's missing here. I know someone just opened up a, like a sports complex here where they do bowling and trampoline so they need they need more like family um family oriented uh facilities um they need better schools if you're an educator <laughs> um if you want to open a private school um that's definitely needed um 
So it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so yeah, definitely the infrastructure, the roles, the garbage is another um, need here in Ghana. I'm just trying to figure out how to, um, I guess I, I'm really not well versed on how like recycling and that kind of thing works, but um, just the education around how to properly dispose. And then once you dispose, where does the trash go? Um, so that, that's something that I, as a, you know, I'm from Philadelphia and DC. So those aren't like the cleanest cities, but. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't, you don't know nothing about that. Yeah. From them, yeah. That's why I said I'm not really well versed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no disrespect, especially to you, Philly, but you guys are, <laughs> you know, um, but behind Philly, it's like um, parts of Boston. Oh man. I can't talk about <laughs> nothing in West Africa. So, yeah, that's just like, that's something that's lacking here in Ghana. Um, yeah. Now, you know, the best is yet to come. What is a community give back that you're able to do now or that you would like to do in the future? A community give back like here or abroad here? Anywhere, even if it's in the metaverse, there are no rules. Um, I don't know. I like giving back to children. So whatever that means for me, I feel like the children, and this is so cliche, my sister's like, stop saying that. The children are our future. You know? Keep saying yeah. that. <laughs> you know, they are our future. And um, adults, you know, sometimes we're so stuck in our ways and, you know, we have these perceptions about life and things. And I just feel like me working with children gives me hope. It gives me like, yes, we are not doomed. <laughs> so my my community reach back is definitely instilling whatever resource, whatever. Um, again, we always, my husband and I, we have so many foundations where we go and support support children, um, orphans, um, find them orphanages, um, just whatever, feeding the children, clothing them, educating them, whatever it is to help um, our children thrive, whether it's in Ghana or in Senegal or the U.S., um, that's definitely a passion of mine. And whoever said, you know, stop saying that cliche, we're going to play that Whitney Houston for, you know, keep saying that. We need more of that. Because they are. They, they, they are. And if we don't um, sew into them, um, we see what we get, you know. We yeah. can watch the news and see what we can get. Xavier University, grandma's getting killed you know, at a graduation. <laughs> I mean, man, who, who, who thinks you had to bring a firearm to church or a graduation I know. in the last days? Um, with What's the biggest, like, when the kids, because I've seen adults, you know, come to mm -hmm. Africa and they start crying and all that, and then a lot of the guys, their mouths start watering because they were lame and they never were accepted or respected at home, you know, for usually their personality, but they think, they think it's the lack of money or women are this and women are that. What are some of the things that the children are like, whoa, taking it back? Are they crying as well or, or do they have a whole different uh, reaction? Um, I think for the most part, it's when they interact with like their peers. They are like, wow, they're kind of fascinated because sometimes um, what I've noticed and I think some of the uh, students have noticed too is that some of the communities we go into they they are less fortunate and the children see that but they don't understand 
wow, how does this girl can speak three or four languages? Or, you know, like, so they're kind of intrigued that they have less, but they're very poised, very like intelligent, very, you know, um, open-minded. So the U.S. students are, they, I feel like they feel sometimes that we can do better, <laughs> you know, because given that all that we have and we're struggling with all these things, but I come and I interact with my peers on a continent and they don't even have half of what I have, but they are like years, like uh, light years ahead of me. So I think that that's kind of like an eye opener um, for some of the students who come like, oh, I can be doing better. I could be doing more. I don't have to be so spoiled. Hold on. I need you to repeat that because some people who haven't been yet or even haven't been to college and competed with people who are not from this country. I think that went over someone's head. Explain when the kids say they're light years ahead of me. Yeah, I just, um, I think some of the things that they think about, some of the things that they talk about is not like, you know, the Jordans or, you know, some of my students, the, the things are the things that they were talking about. And I'm like, that doesn't even matter. Like, what do you, like, they're arguing over these rappers. And I, and I like, I love rap music, no offense, but like, we're, we're talking about these things that don't even matter. Um, students here, they're talking about like the politics. They're talking about how we can make change better, how we can do things. It's just that the things that they're talking about is so much more, I guess, higher frequency than some of the things that our youth are engaging in. Um, so I think light years as far as the things that matter the most as we evolve and, as a people, yeah. And, and we, we, we all grew up on, on hip hop, right? But <laughs> we, we all grew up on that. But, and there's levels to that even, but even in the academics, my beautiful wife over here from Cameroon, when she came to school, she's younger than me, but she was tutoring me in the sciences, in the math. She was ready to teach calculus. I wasn't in calculus. Let me just throw that out there. I don't even want to front. But, um, you know, um, she was showing and she, I'm like, how do you know the calculus? I go, we did this like when they were 12 or 14. I said, what? So that's you guys are hearing it. The same stories over and over. We're behind. We wonder why Babylon's falling. Yeah. You know, that this is this is good, good game. So yeah, you, we're doing and they're doing much more with far less. Again, we need to emphasize that the technology is not there. Again, my husband, he graduated college here with a computer science degree. And he said a lot of his when he was in high school, they were doing uh coding manually without you know, having any computers, but you know, when they went to college, it was different. But in high school, he's like, I was coding manually. Like this is, so things like that, they don't even have the technology that we have. And again, they are being way past us in some areas. Yeah. No, this is good game. And I, and I could do this all day, every day, but what I really want people to do is I want them to go check you out. I want them to say, please, I know you have the tour company, you're working with the kids, but I need some consulting because I'm ready to come to Africa now. Hook me up. And I tell you people, if you do hit her up, be ready to pay, but also be ready to um, decolonize your mind. 
because a lot of you are like a colonizer when you come to Africa without some understanding. You know, y'all are y'all y'all just black on the outside. <laughs> I mean, it's the neo colonization, the, the new gentrifiers. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and 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 that's that's not that's not right. You can't go to someone else's home and expect just because you have more money or you have whatever that is, and then you know treat the same treatment you were running away from. It sounds kind of like the pilgrims, you know? <laughs> that is, you are hitting it on the, the nail on the head. That is, a lot of that is happening. So please don't come and be that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So tell the people where you would like them to connect with you. Um, if they are serious and, and ready, what's the best place? Um, so we have a website, um, even my ASAP is connected to this website for our tour company. It's called BB Neba Tours, uh, B-I-B-I-N-I-B-A tours.com. So there you'll find all the tour information. Then you'll find, um, all the ASAP information. If you want to donate to our nonprofit that that's there. Um, also BB Neba Tours, we are on Instagram. Um, you can follow us there and ASAP.Ghana. A-C-C-E-P, also on uh, Instagram. So that's where we are right now. No, that, that's good. When you started spelling it, I said, is she about to, is she about to? Oh, B-I-B-I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to go there for it. I said, hold on, what? You know, so. Yeah. You, you got, are hilarious. You got me sitting here laughing. <laughs> Whether you guys, the majority of you are listening on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and our latest partner in Freetown, Sierra Leone, AYV Radio, and for the minority that actually got to see her face, and if you see her rolling around D.C. with suitcases full of money, you know, just help her out to the car. It's for the kids. Don't get greedy. Uh, <laughs> On, on YouTube, you guys, wherever you're, you're doing it, share this game. You've been blessed by it. Bless somebody else. It will change their life. We bless y'all. Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa. A course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com.